Welcome to Unlocking Your Freedom Podcast. We are on episode six. Um, I have the pleasure to interview Tanya, and I am so excited to have her, y'all. She's so dope, and everything she do is just awesome. And I, I was just so intrigued by your Instagram page. I'm just like, yo, like, this is the way you engage kids and all that good stuff. Um, with that being said, I would love for you to introduce yourself. So hi, you guys. First of all, welcome. And also, thank you so much for having me today. Of course. Uh, my name is Tanya Mayo. And yes, yeah, so I have my own business, which is called Kids Act. It's an acronym for Kids Are Creative Thinkers. And our purpose is to expose, encourage, and empower children from 4 to 12, also known as small creative artists, um, and expose them all to the arts. So all the arts and nothing but the arts. So we expose them and encourage them, empower them through visual art arts, um, performing arts, and creative writing. And we just finished doing our virtual summer camp, and that went very, very well. And because we leave our small creative artists hanging, we have decided to do an after-school program. So that will be catering to five to 15-year-olds now. Um, and we are also still implementing our, um, you know, our majors of visual arts, performing arts, and creative writing. But we also have arts and crafts. And we have cooking and baking now. So I'm very, very excited to get started with our professional artists. And I am also a general music teacher in Anne Arundel County. So I'm very busy. Um, but, you know, just being with the kids and, you know, being in their spaces and engaging with them at any time is all worth it. It's all worthwhile. Yes. Thank you for sharing. I just, I just think that's so amazing. I mean, just what art and art and how you can get super creative and tap into kids um, learning learning abilities. I think sometimes, you know, people can judge kids or, oh, they, they can't do this. Like, yes, like they, they may be a kinesthetic learner. You know, there's different types of ways that they, visual learners um, and things of that nature. So I just think that is just so dope. And um, I look forward to see what comes from that. Definitely. Definitely. Um, so how are you feeling? Um, you know, it's been a lot going on. Quarantine. You know, how are you feeling mentally? Like, how are you feeling? You know, and it, it changes ever so often. Um, you know, the start of quarantine, I was actually, I forgot to mention this too. I actually just graduated with my master's. Congratulations. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. So, you know, once quarantine hit the first time in March, you know, and we all had to go home and was like, oh, like, I don't know about this. I don't know, you know, how we're all going to finish and, you know, changing. And then also, you know, getting the summer camp ready. We were still going to go in person. And then at one point, it was just like, I want to quit the entire thing. Um, if I could tell you how many times I wanted to quit, um, I would probably have to write an entire book about it. Um so, you know, you speak my language, you speak my language. I felt the same way, <laughs> but you know, just feeling discouraged a little bit. Um, and also, you know, just feeling like powerless because you didn't, I, since everything changed in a matter of a week, especially for the school system, um, it was like, what's next? Like, what can I do really at this point? And it's like a huge hit to creatives in general. Um, because you know, we, um, you know, are inspired by different work and we go different places and you know having all that shut down immediately was just a hit to all of us um but you know 
throughout the process, like we have found ways to, you know, stay empowered and stay encouraged and, you know, build that community up again, um, especially, you know, for our black community in general, um, with everything that is happening now, how are we going to, you know, make a positive change and how are we going to, you know, empower ourselves as well as inspire others, you know, to feel what we're feeling, but also feel empowered to know that they can make a change. Yeah. Um, so it's just been like a huge roller coaster. And honestly, it still is. You know, we're still in quarantine. Yep. <laughs> Are we still here? Because rising, you know, in March, we were like, oh, you know, in May, we'll be done with this. Like, it'll be done, you know, and now it's September. And it's like, it's still going on. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just trying to find things that, you know, you can still go outside, but making sure that you, you know, take every precaution and that you're completely safe and also healthy in the long run is very, very important. Um, So, yeah, just trying to find different things to, you know, stay active um, and stay empowered and also trying to meet other people, you know, through the internet and getting to know like you and everyone (laughs) (laughs) Most definitely, look, I understand. Quarantine is a lot. Like, it's a lot. Um, And I think it's important to, like, find that balance because if you don't, you can go crazy. (laughs) So sometimes, like, okay, you know what? Let me stop working. Let me take a walk. Let me go outside, get some sunshine, you know, because you'll find yourself in a space of, like, it's working, working, and working, and then it's dark time. You're like, okay, time next day. And then you're like, wait, hold on. I ain't been outside. Hold on. You know, and so, (laughs) you know, Finding that balance between it, I think, is uh, extremely important. So with that being said, like, how do you find balance or just like, I would say, like, what things do you do to um, keep your mind in a, in a good place? And for, for, the, for the people, for the listeners that's listening, maybe, you know, I feel like you can give some good advice or tips on that, just like what they can do to, um, especially as teachers. I mean, you know, you got all these teachers and stuff like that. What advice should you give them as they, as they go through the school year? Yeah. So um, every day I, you know, try to at least either in the morning before I work or right after I finish with my entire day, you know, but like you said, go for a walk, go outside, enjoy the fresh air. Um, I'm actually dog sitting my cousin too sometimes. (laughs) I always love that because like I purposely have to go outside at that point. Yeah, yeah long walks and you know just be at peace with yourself and being in tune with yourself is most important and understanding you know what you are feeling and what your body's feeling at that moment um and also you know talking to people you know sometimes okay I say talking to people because I love talking to people but you know there is a time where you have to shut everything off too um so once again finding that balance but yeah talking to you know family members or, you know, your best friends or your sisters, your brothers, you know, and staying encouraged. And, you know, there's a lot of like relatable things that are happening um, in our community and in our society today that needs to be talked about. So, you know, Mm -hmm. having those conversations and having those healthy conversations, healthy, positive conversations is always important, but also knowing when to shut shut it off. Um, And, you know, putting your phone, actually not even putting your phone on do not disturb, just turning the entire thing off because Every time I turn my phone on Do Not Disturb, I'm always like, okay, well, I can look at it now. <laughs> Notifications, and I'm like, oh, this is not healthy for me at all. Like, I, this is, my brain is just not, um, you know, receiving that right now. And it just wants me to turn it off. So, and I've also been watching like a lot of movies and, you know, like Sister, Sister and Moesha's on Netflix. Yes. Uh, 
it's just like you know watch just so you know just doing that and enjoying yourself you know in your body and you know when you want to be home stay home when you want to go outside go outside you know you're not don't restrict yourself and making sure that you know you are also like for our creatives um you know you're still doing what you love instead of doing something that you know will make you money preach yeah yeah i feel like (laughs) at this point we're lost so it's like what is something quick that i can do that will still be centered around you know my creative abilities but will also get me paid. And it's just not something that we love to do, you know? So finding that balance again with, you know, getting paid because we need to, but also, you know, loving what you do. And I want you, I want everybody to continue to love their passion and don't make it as a hassle, kind of. Yeah. Yep. I love that. I love that. Yes, girl. (laughs) Dropping (laughs) gems already. Look, see? You know, look, <laughs> so with that being said, um, so what is one thing that you've had to break free from mentally? Ooh, okay. All right, so, <laughs> um, well, I went to um, the University of the Arts in Philadelphia, so shout out to you, Arts. Um, I was there for five years since I got my master's, and, you know, one mental thing that I had to, you know, break from was um, you know, not getting the rest of my experience at UArts because when I was a grad student, I was also a grad assistant. So I had my own room. So I had my own space. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there was a lot of, for me in my head, like a debacle between, you know, I'm missing Philly because I have my own space and then coming back to, you know, my parents' space. which is still kind of my space but you know I'm like living with my mom and my dad and my grandmother so it's always you know something I have not have to do for them but you know they're always like asking me questions or they're always asking me where I'm going or something like that like Mm -hmm. just for my safety like I know they mean well but it's completely different from you know going to Philadelphia and just walking out in the street Mm -hmm. and feeling safe walking out in the street and I feel like it's completely different like for example I I wanted like hot Cheetos at like 12 I don't know I don't know what was going on but I was like I am feeling hot Cheetos at 12 it's just like if I was in Philly I would have been walked to CBS yeah and I had no there was no second thought about that I would always just go out because I felt safe yeah. Um, but in Maryland, it's not, not different where it's safety wise, but you know, you have to drive everywhere in Maryland. So, um, and also when I'm home, I'm going to open the garage and my dad's going to be like, where are you going at 12 AM? So I literally like went to his room and I was like, can I please go get some hot Cheetos? And he was like, you know, it's 12 AM. I said, I understand that. <laughs> I need them. So it's just like, you know, just that thought process, Mm -hmm. you know, me, you know, going and going here to and from, and especially because it's COVID, it's like a huge, way more of a, not an issue, but, you know, a hesitation. Mm -hmm. Um, 
when, you know, in March or even in the beginning of the year, we didn't have to worry about that, you know? That's so amazing. that's one big mental thing that I'm like, okay, like, I'm just like going trying, through. Trying, trying to find a balance in between. Yeah. And it's very, it's very draining. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I find myself being like, I wish I was in Philly. I wish, you know, different things. I wish this didn't happen. And it's just like, you know, just going through that roller coaster. Can definitely relate. You know, like being somewhere, you know, you, you, you kind of can do what you want to do. But then right. you come back to another environment or go back home. Is that, okay, well, there's limitations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so... I guess like how how did you find that balance? So so you was in Philly for college, correct? Mhm. Mhm. And then you moved back home to you moved Maryland. back to Maryland with your parents after you graduate. Right. Mhm. Yeah. So um do you feel like do you feel like that hindered you in any type of way with like being able to like find that balance? Um or or no, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it definitely makes sense. I would say, you know, I am very, very lucky to have the parents that I do have. Yeah. Um, where, you know, they will give me that freedom. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it was just trying to figure it out along the way, which mm-hmm. was kind of hard, and I didn't want to. Yeah. You know, and making and doing a compromise, kind of. And I didn't want to do that compromise because I'm used to, you know, just going out in Philadelphia and they just never know, mm-hmm. you know? Which is horrible now, but you know. <laughs> so I, I had to find that balance too of being because I, I I moved away for college, mm-hmm. so coming back home to my mom or on the weekends or coming back home for a minute, it was kind of like, where are you going? What are you doing? I'm like, uh, I'm grown, you know. Right, right. Um, I think that sometimes not all parents, but sometimes parents can um be overly protective, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like. I need some space to breathe, you know, um, like, let me be responsible. Let me make decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, I'm going to be safe, you know, but at some point, you know, you got to kind of let me spread my wings. Right. Right. Um, and that, that was difficult for me as well with finding that balance. You know what I mean? Because, um, like I said, on one end, you like, look, I, I've been doing this. Like, I'm good. I've been safe. Like, I've been been safe. So how, what advice, I guess, would you give to a college student who may be kind of in the same situation, right? Um, as far as, like, communicating with their parents and certain things, or compromising. I had to compromise in certain ways, but in certain ways, I'd had to stand my ground and say, hey, look, I'm grown. But mm-hmm. not in a disrespectful way, right? Um, but not but not always kind of bowing down in a sense because you're their kid, you're their, you know, and, and you're in their household. But mm-hmm. it's like, yes, I'm going to respect you, but I need you to also respect some decisions that I make as well. Right, right. So, um, did you did you have any, like, issues with that? I guess, like, did, how, how did you find the balance of, like, standing your ground and saying, hey, like, I'm grown and I'm, I'm going to go out at 11 o'clock and go get them hot Cheetos. I may not walk, but I may take an Uber, <laughs> right? Because that's what I want to do in this moment instead of being like, well, I'm not going to do it because they don't want me to do it. I'm just going to go to sleep, kind of, sort of. So right. um, how did you find that balance with, like, you know, like, standing up for yourself in the environment, in a sense, but not, like, in a disrespectful way, but also being able to respect them also with just like setting boundaries, I would say in a sense. 
because yeah. you're older, right you're not like 16 it's like i'm i'm 23 24 25 like i'm you know i you know you already had your college experience you've been there done that so it's like hey like i know how to move i know how to navigate mm-hmm. um but being able to stay in ground how, how did you like find that balance and um yeah and what and did you find yourself in, that, in those types of situations yeah um so i would say one you know healthy conversations is always a thing but also having that balance of spending time with my family mm-hmm. um you know i I still go out and still do things, but I still make it a point, you know, to stay home and make it noticeable that I'm spending time with them instead of, cause I live upstairs. So I don't, if, if I could, like, if I really wanted to, I don't have to see my parents because of how our house works. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I do make it a point to at least spend at least, you know, 20, well, not 24 hours, but uh, an entire day with them. So if that's Sundays and I'm spending the Sunday with them, you know, I might be downstairs, you know, playing cards with them or, you know, just talking to them, but at least knowing that they have feelings and they're, you know, they're there and they have a purpose. Um, so with that, I feel like that has helped more okay. um, because they have noticed that, you know, I'm like, I'm not just staying here to stay here. You know, it's just like, I'm putting in the effort, you know, to always get to know my parents and to always have those healthy conversations. Um, and also knowing when and where to talk to them. Um, and also my tone um, and knowing, you know, especially my father, knowing what triggers him too. Um, so, you know, if I come downstairs and say like, I'm doing this, that's it. You know, that triggers my father instead of me just saying like, and like a lower tone and, you know, just very calm, like, Hey dad, like I'm going to this place. Do you need anything? Got it. Yep. So it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Exactly. Exactly. I definitely have learned, you know, throughout my entire life because I have an older sister, um, and every time we would like me and my dad would like get into small arguments and I would like tell my sister and she was like, it's how you said it. It was your, it's all your tone. You could have said the same thing very calm, but because you came at him aggressive or because you came at him angry, he treated it like a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why he said no, you know, so just knowing your tone and checking yourself as well before, you know, even going to your parents. And then sometimes, um, there's always like an underlining thing that's happening. Um, you, so I always realize if my dad says no, I'm like, okay, so what happened this week that this is why he's saying no, you know, and it might've been like, I'm not doing enough for this, or I'm not spending time with him, or, you know, I'm just not having a conversation with my dad every day or not saying hi and bye, you know? So it's the simple things, especially for my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and just knowing for them to know that I care um, and they trust me, um, but I have to implement that. So I would always say for my college students, like make sure you build that foundation with your parents, um, a healthy foundation of them knowing that you're here and you know that they know that you love them and care and different things like that and you would do anything for them. Once that foundation is built, they can trust you with anything. Let me ask you a question. So if, a college student didn't have that healthy environment. They couldn't talk to their parents or if it wasn't that type of relationship, what, what would you tell that person? See, and that's, that's the 
situation where I'm less like it it's like a I think it was it would be a case by case situation yeah um, you know and because I've never experienced that mm-hmm. um, my only advice would be to at least you know keep trying and be present mm-hmm. um but that is like a very hard situation um to deal with at that point especially if you're you're not even comfortable to talk to your parents um and you know just trying different ways or different strategies kind of um Mm -hmm. to you know have a conversation or and also having patience too is a huge thing especially like during covid you know all we're practicing at my school at least is patience and grace Mm -hmm. you know so just having those two big things um, and just keep trying. And it's actually, honestly, you're not trying, you're doing. So, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. And, you know, you know, it's the best. If it's the best that you have, it's the best that you have, you know. Um, but, you know, if, and it's all about what you want to. So if you want a healthy relationship with your parents, you know, you're going to put in the work to do so. And you're going to have the patience to do so. Um, but, you know, just doing a self-reflection about, you know, what you actually want in that relationship, um, and being, and trying to at least be very, you know, um, or communicate very well, um, and trying to get across what you want to say to your parents. Yeah, and I think also, like, um, they could possibly find somebody else to go stay with, you know, because if the environment is super toxic, right, and Mm -hmm. I'm just like, as soon as I walk in the door, you popping off on me. Like, I don't want, like, <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not going to want to be here, you know, or if somebody parents is on drugs or, you know, mm-hmm. or somebody, you know, just, you know, is nowhere to sleep, which is a super toxic environment. It's always arguing. It's always, you know, like one, you probably won't come home. You probably stay on campus. <laughs> you know, yeah. but it's just like, if you had to come home, I would say like find a trusted, you know, family member house mm-hmm. that you could possibly go to um, and stay at. You know, that could be an option as well, because sometimes, um, sometimes people's environments does not allow them to even want to try. It's like, uh, nah, it's too toxic for me. I can't even, I'm trying to focus on graduate. <laughs> right. You know? So being able to, you know, have that, I think is um, important. But I'm glad you spoke on that, because I know uh, a lot of college students um, go through that struggle, of, not even struggle, but go through that experience of, okay, in between of I'm done with school, I'm going back home and then some rules actually change and they like wait what I've been doing this for five six years like you uh-uh. so I'm, I'm glad you actually touched on that for sure mm-hmm. another big mental thing um you know when everything happened when COVID came out and also you know the all like Black Lives Matter everything with that um it was trying to figure out what my role was and all of that at and having a business at the same time. Um, There was a lot of moments where I was like, I want to post something, but I don't know how to get my words out properly. You know, without coming off in a certain type of way, Mm -hmm. right. Without coming off somebody or, you know, and you know, I, there was a lot of, hesitation with that and I you know once again I like wanted to quit it all and just not say anything and just not give out a statement um so it was a lot of 
me like sitting down trying to figure out you know how i am feeling and actually writing that down but how is that going to you know empower my youth today Um, and what is what do i want my role to be in this entire situation um so yeah once i submitted and i was like this is my statement this is how i feel everybody was right on board with me um but it did take at least a week for me to you know actually sit down and be at peace with that um, and know, you know, what my next step or what my, what I'm going to do, um, to empower our youth moving forward, um, and just giving them the voice and not, you know, only giving them a safe space, but giving them a brave space where they are very brave space. I like that. Mm. Yeah. Um, given where they're very confident in what they say and everybody in the room will respect what, they- what this individual said, and we will discuss if there is any, you know, any hesitation or any, um, you know, disagreement, we will respect each other and also get to, you know, an ending result at the end of the day. How do you um, empower your your students to, to have a voice? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, also, it, I think, you know, once from when you start mm-hmm. having that space, you know, for them. Agreed. Speak their mind, you know, it could be the most bogus thing they ever said in their lives, but it's like, I gave you that time and I respect what you say. I don't, you know, uh, disengage with you or I don't say it's stupid or, you know, just any negative thing that happens that discourages them from saying, you know, what they want to say. Um, and there's a lot of, you know, with, within the summer camp, um there was a lot of times where i would say okay what do you think about this um and making it present you know they know they know exactly what's going on they know what's going on if we're on social media they're on social media Mm -hmm. and they have seen what we have seen and you know it's just they have feelings too they have feelings too yes Mm -hmm. so you know just giving them that space of that brave space of talking with you know their peers or their friends and having their friends also respect what they have said um and having that healthy conversation about you know tell me when you're confused tell me when you're scared tell me you know when you're discouraged or you know tell me when you know you're excited about something and how are you going to implement that through your art mm-hmm. um, so you know and we're, we're constantly you know discovering and developing our creative outlets so a main thing that we did was to you know have that open space um, for them to talk about anything they wanted to talk about or any questions that they had about our society or what's going on right now um, and how they can implement that through poetry or, you know, how they can implement that through, you know, a song they went, they wanted to do or a play they wanted to create or, you know, um, through the lens of um, a camera, you know. So it was just giving them that space to figure it out on their own because um, I I – always say teachers should be facilitators mm-hmm. we should not be you know telling them what to do but them figuring it out on their own so they can be active learners um and you know all of my kids were kinesthetic learners um so they always wanted to do they never they we had sessions where we wanted to they wanted to talk about the different things that they were confused mm-hmm. about but they were more for action you know so they wanted to put something together um and actually together we um created a black business directory nice are coming out with a black artist directory too that's awesome Um, 
so you know just empowering other businesses and other artists through this time and you know giving them that voice as well um and giving them that space and opportunity you know to um, be a part of kids act in some way um and um also with our professional artists so we did have 24 professional artists throughout the yes. entire um, and most of them um, were African-American um, individuals. Mm -hmm. So, you know, having that representation too is huge, huge, I, you know, in book. And, and, and I feel like that's missing a lot in a mm -hmm. lot of schools because a lot yeah. of kids are not um, seeing themselves in their environment mm -hmm. um and you want the, the, the students to be able to identify in some way um because sometimes you know they they may not open up for for that various reason because they may not identify not saying that they can't right but you know certain things they may feel like you know i can't talk to them about because maybe they won't understand my experience and i think that sometimes teachers teachers can judge um i see it all the time teachers can judge students and a kid may be acting out and they already label them as bad or, you know, they're calling them bad or this, this, and that. And so every time they do something, you automatically put them out of the class or do something instead of really trying to figure out maybe that kid has an eight. Maybe mm -hmm. that kid mama is getting hit on that night. You don't know what's going on in the environment. Then right. once they find out, oh, I didn't know that. Like, you didn't have to know that. Like, you should treat every kid um, the way you would want, you would want to be treated essentially in school, you know, but a lot of times it doesn't work that way. We always have those students who get labeled as the bad kid. Right. Um, so with that being said, um, as far as like uh, everything that's going on with police brutality and stuff like that, how, how did you, like when you talk to the kids about it, did you have to like talk, uh, get consent from their parents or, uh, you know, like how, how did you have that difficult conversation um, with them? Because I think it's a very important conversation um, mm -hmm. that should be talked about to um, students. And I think that they should be very aware about, I know that they are aware about what's going on, but mm -hmm. it's been happening consistently. consistently. And so mm -hmm. to know that that is happening all the time, you know, uh, they should have more knowledge exactly about what, like where, where it stems from. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and why it keep happening over and over again, because sometimes our little boys can be afraid and say, Hey, like, I don't want to die. Exactly. I'm afraid that I'm going to die because I'm a black boy, you know, and that in itself is messed up. You know, that's sad. Like I have nephews. I, I have a fiance. You know, we all you you know, we have, you know, you know, black men in our family. And so um it always hit home a little bit more because of that reason. Mm -hmm. You know, so um how do you talk to them um about this topic? Yeah, so luckily I knew all the parents personally, and if okay. I didn't know them personally, I would get to know them personally. Um <laughs> So they were very comfortable, you know, with me saying anything. Um, but of course, like I didn't show any like visuals or anything. Right, like most that. definitely. Mm -hmm. Face to face conversation. Um, and, you know, I did have a little boy who's five years old. Mm -hmm. um, and he was like, I, he just didn't get to wrap his head around everything. So it was just like doing the basic of the basic, you know, and trying to talk to, you know, him, who was also, um, for a long time, he was our only boy mm. um, in the summer camp, but he shined through because he's a <laughs> um, So um, with him, it was very, it was completely different, even though, yes, as, you know, females, um, you know, we're going 
kind of through the same thing as well, but not to that point where, you know, as a black African American male, you know, um, so it was a lot of, you know, dimming down what I was going to say to my five-year-old um, and just making sure that he understood that there are people out here, you know, that don't want you to succeed, mm-hmm. you know, and um, don't want you, you know, to move on in life. And that's like, that's kind of like how I said it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and he, he knew from the, from the jump, you know, that there are like, um, there are people out here that are getting arrested for wrongdoing or not wrongdoing, but just being outside, you know, or, you know, getting killed for, you know, being innocent and different things like that. So um, he, his mom did a great job for, you know, dimming it down as well. And like, actually like laying it all out for him. But, you know, with his questions, I was able to, you know, make sure that he completely understood um, that there are some people that aren't, here for his success at all um and how and you know moving forward from that and how is that going to empower him to keep pushing um and you know that again comes with representation um and having at least um also african-american males in my summer camp um so if he ever had any questions he knows he can go to of course his dad but he can also go to you know a professional artist that is actually out here doing what he wants to do most definitely Mm -hmm. and um you know he always has that contact information um so if he ever like needed anything even though he's only five years old but he's he's amazing um but you know knowing that he has that resource um because I never want my kids to feel like they don't have help or they can't ask for help or they don't know you know where to go if they have an idea or where to go if they are feeling some type of way you know so i never want my children to you know bottle something inside and then it comes out at a random moment where it's just like okay something's going on you know i want them to tackle you know their situations on hand like right from the start you know um so and especially like what you said when um um what did you say uh you said that in schools you know when something's going on at home and you know they're seen as the bad kid you know and it's very very interesting you know how um you know administration and also teachers just want to label label and also be one and done with it too Mm -hmm. um and they never have time let's say that they never have time to you know sit and talk to a student because they have 900 other students to worry about um and you know that's why i went into the school system um luckily for real for real i didn't even want to go into the school system (laughs) not want to do it like i promise you my junior year of college they were like oh my god you would make a great teacher and i was like shut it down not doing that (laughs) i'm good (laughs) so because i knew i just knew i came from a private school so i knew how it worked i knew how the administration was and i also know how it is in public school you know so it's like i didn't want to be a part of that environment but really it's like i'm going to be a part of the environment because i know that i can make a change you know Um, And I know, you know, my students know that they have somebody that they can talk to. And it's simply sitting down and having a conversation. It's nothing nothing big. Mm -hmm. But you know what? Teachers don't make time to talk to their kids. Yeah. Um, And that's another issue, too. You know what I mean? Because you don't even know this this, this, this kid's favorite color. 
You don't even know what type of chips they like. Funny stuff like that that will make a kid day and say because you're you're getting to know them on a personal level. But mm-hmm. you see all these schools, they want to give a teacher 30 kids in one classroom, right? And then they may not have enough time to, you know bond with everyone individually but i feel like there 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 are ways that that teacher could get creative with making those spaces mm-hmm. um for the kids and i see a lot also that like um so the lab- the kids who are labeled bad right um the prisoner pipeline is so real right that's that all ties into the whole you know, police system, everything like that, right? But they get labeled, and then I, I work with SPED. So it would be like 20, 30, 40 SPED students, and it's just like, you only put them in SPED because y'all going to make more money. Let's talk about it. You only put them in SPED because now you're saying, oh, they're bad. Now you can label and slap a label on them and say, oh, they need an IEP. Mm. But the kid is perfectly fine. The kid is smart. You yeah. know, they may have some behavior issues, but again, you don't even know where it's stemming from. Mm-hmm. It's not because they can't learn. Mm-hmm. It just may be the environment they in. Maybe some kids bullying them. You don't know. But they literally will label these kids as fed to get more money off of every kid. It's sad. And I seen it and I was just like, wow. Like These parents don't even know that the kids are not getting all the resources that they need. Mm-hmm. They don't even know that the, that the kid is, that has autism is just sitting in class uh, drawing and doing nothing because they haven't gave this kid no work. Wow. But you want to give them all A's when in park card come. You see what I'm saying? So our kids are already at, at a disadvantage in school. And now when they get out of school, they got to deal with everything that's going on in the world. You know, just by being African-American, which is messed up, right? Um, so question. So how? So if you had students who were non-Black, right? How would you convey? Would you convey it the same way? Would you try to say it a different type of way to kind of tell them what's going on? I would definitely do it the same way. Okay. Definitely do it the same way. And in terms of, you know, and their questions are going to be different. Mm -hmm. um, But, you know, just making sure that I'm cut clear and concise with everything that I say, but also, you know, making sure that they know and educating them. Yes. You know, and if I need to educate my African-American, you know, children, I'm going to do that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, just keeping it the same way. Um, But also, I mean, I, I, I would, I guess I don't have to, you know, go deeper into, um, what I might say to, you know, my five-year-old or something like that. Um, but you know, just making sure that they understand where, we as a com- black community are coming from mm-hmm. um, and yeah i i don't think i would say anything like yeah no no i'm trying to think i'm like have i <laughs> but i don't think i would you know steer away from something because i don't know like you know they're not I, yeah they're not a part of the community or you know like something mm-hmm. like that so i think that you know just making it the same throughout the entire, you know, race or ethnicity or anything like that, just so they know what is actually happening and how they can actually make a change too. So, um, so what, yeah. what are some like resources or things that people can do to, to for parents to talk to their kids um, about what's going on um, with everything, um, you know, whether they be black or not? You know, I think sometimes parents may, 
may not know and so they become ignorant to it and they kind of turn a blind eye and say well I see no colors like well no you do see color because we do different colors right um but I think the whole I see no color is a way to turn the blind eye to not um talk about it right to say that well I don't see any color like I'm you know to not deal with it basically um so I guess like what advice would you give parents, you know, who maybe, who maybe have that kind of thought process um, to help them, whether it's a teachable moment for themselves mm-hmm. or to start having these conversations in the home. I yeah. feel like um, these conversations are not happening clearly. Right. And it becomes a generational cycle with these families who may be racist against, you know, a certain demographic for whatever reason. And it just becomes this, you know, cycle but nobody ever talks about really the real reason why right and uh, who caused it (laughs) right and why we actually are in the situation Mm -hmm. um so i think that stuff get get kind of lost in the sauce um and then sometimes kids just kind of grow up with what their environment is teaching them and Mm -hmm. they never talk about it or you know some sometimes some kids have never seen a black person. It's just like you know when they see you, they staring at you because they've never been exposed. Yeah, and that that you is kind cool. of protect them in a sense, but really you're, you're hindering your kid uh, by not educating them and informing them about what's happening in real life. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think it 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 all ties into also with the whole privilege, right? I'm privileged, like I don't need to know anything. I have access to this, you know, wealth and job opportunities and, you know, and this type of whatever. Um, but I think that could hinder kids in, the, in, in the many ways. And I've seen it with my nieces. They, they are the only two black girls in their school, right? Wow. And so um, little, little, little kids will say stuff to them who are, who are, who are not, who are not black. And they will be like, your skin looks like boo-boo or, um, um, I'm better than you. Um, my mom said, don't don't play with you. Right. And so these are all learned behaviors that our our little kids are learning from home. And these kids, they're, they're literally like three and four years old and they come back into the school and they say these things to other kids because of what their environment at home is teaching them to say and right. don't do. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's crazy, right? That is. Wow. Yeah. And then my, my, my niece, she was like, maybe she was like five at the time. She was like, she's like, auntie, she was like, I want to, I want to, I want to, um, I want to educate people on like, like basically like treating people like nice, like not, like not judging people based on like the color of their skin. And she was five years old. She wanted to teach people about that. I was like, wow, you know, that's amazing at five, you know, but the kids can feel it. They can sense it, you know? And so um, we have to talk about it, right? Um, We have to educate. Uh, So just for like those parents, you know, just parents in general, you've been an educator, right? Um, What way, maybe it's like YouTube videos or different resources. Like what do you, um, different things that you use that we could possibly give to um, the teachers or just parents that are are listening right now? Yeah, yeah. Um, Definitely YouTube. YouTube Mm -hmm. is a huge thing. And especially because, you know, everything that's happening now, there's so many people on YouTube talking about this, yeah. uh, you know, so, and so many, you know, black African-American, you know, creatives and also, you know, um, uh, motivational speakers, 
um, preachers and, you know, different people in the community that are talking about this and giving different aspects on things. Mm-hmm. Um, and also reading, just reading, <laughs> you know, in general, like articles, anything, like read up on Brianna Taylor. Come on, like, let's really get into it. Read up on it and like yes. write down what is, write down the facts about what's been happening and write down, you know, your feelings about that. Exactly. Um, and you know through that entire process you you start to become confident with you know what you have um or what you're thinking in your head you know and it won't become a doubt anymore because you have done the research you know the facts yeah. you know so you know just looking up on different cases that have been happening throughout this entire process and also you know stuff that we know on the news and stuff that we don't know mm-hmm. that made the news you know so um just reading just basic reading like just for an hour you know a day (laughs) you know just sit and read and you know the facts are there there's the facts are so there you know anything with donald trump look at videos the facts are there like he (laughs) is saying what he's saying y'all he's tweeting what he's tweeting the facts are there. So just look at those facts, write them down, and next to it, write what you think about it. Mm-hmm. And you will definitely, from your thoughts, you will know what you need to say to your children. Yep. And I would think, I would say also, um, like using your privilege, yeah. impact, and help mm-hmm. who are underserved right black people whatever you want to call it you know use your privilege as a way because you i think sometimes they don't realize how much power you have like you have a lot of power by being white let's just be real you know so how are you going to use that power in a way whether it's to empower your family and educate them on what's happening right educating yourself or actually going out here and making a change and doing something about it you know um and people be like well that happened 400 years ago why people still talking about the thing is, you your experience like like you are so far removed from the experience. <laughs> you never had to struggle. <laughs> you never had to eat ramen noodles and none of those like you know you never been pulled over. I I've I've dealt with police brutality myself as a black woman on college campus. Mm-hmm. Getting pulled over for no reason, getting handcuffed, put in a cell, all that because I was black. Right. lying on me saying oh yeah she 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 said that she want me to uh impound her car why would i tell you to impound my car mm-hmm. <laughs> like why would i tell you that but this is stuff that they do you know mm-hmm. and use physical force on us because we're black so i've experienced myself and i i, I was totally upset and this was with the 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 school police right the officers on campus the campus police who's mm-hmm. supposedly supposed to be you know, supposed to have, be, you know, have your back, basically. Um, So I've had several experiences like that. And I always think about Sandra Bland and how she didn't make it out of her situation, Mm -hmm. right? But I was in a situation like that, but I made it out, you know? So um, again, you have these other stories that all all the stories don't get shared. (laughs) Every short story does not, does not, it's not getting shed, doesn't have like light shedded on it, you know, but don't be oblivious right. to what's going on because you know it's not right. Mm-hmm. You know that if, 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 if my, and my thing is too, if the race was on the other foot, Come on. what would people be doing right now? 
Mm-hmm. I always wonder that. Let's say we have, you know, black cops, whatever you want to call it, and they out here killing, you know, white boys. What, what would be going on right now in the world? Mm-hmm. All those black cops would be locked up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, let's, let, let's keep it all the way 100. Yeah. You know, so I think people don't think about that. But she was on the other foot. How would the situation change? But you couldn't even think like that because you're so far removed from our experience, from the experience. Because yeah, you don't yeah. know what it's like to live the type of life that we have to go through and deal with. You know, like you never had to worry about that. You don't have to watch your back. You don't got to look over your shoulder when the police get behind you. Every time the police get behind my car, even though everything is straight, I'm still like a little nervous. Like, okay, I hope they don't pull me over. Even though everything is okay. But because they, it's, it's that fear that they want, they, it's that fear that they want to place in us, you know? But ultimately, to be honest, I feel like, they have a fear of the power that we have. Oh as yeah. A culture as a community. The power, the power that our black men have. Mm-hmm. The richness of our culture is so beautiful. Oh yeah. Different shades of black. I mean, I can just go on. I mean, it's just it's 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 so it's so rich. Mm-hmm. You know? And we the only culture that has that, to be honest. You know, and I think that's why people appropriate our culture. Mm-hmm. They want to be black. They want to, you know, appropriate. They want to listen to our music. You want to vibe and be down, right? But you don't want to advocate for issues. That's right. the problem. You know, don't don't be in your car banging our music and you, you know what I'm saying, you on Snapchat, you're posting, and you, but you don't, it, it don't work like that, <laughs> you know? Um, and, and, I, and I see a lot in the hip hop culture too, you know, and with all these celebrities and stuff like that, you want to have, you know, black baby daddies, but... Are you really out here advocating for the culture? That's right, all the way real, you know. So um, definitely have to educate yourself. And so, and if you don't want to educate yourself, go ahead and be ignorant. That's on you, mm-hmm. you know. But the only person that you heard at the end is is you and the people that surround you, mm-hmm. you know. But with that type of mentality, you will never get nowhere in life. Exactly at all, you know. Um, and it's okay to say I don't understand. I think sometimes people just don't know what to say or how to help and that is okay you can say that and say you know what it don't make sense to me because I never experienced it or I just I don't get it that's okay so now let me bring you over here and let me educate you right on on what was what's going on you know so you can be informed right um, which is really important you know yeah (laughs) um girl real talk yeah so what what encouraging words would you give to um the people that are listening whether it's teachers whether it's college students we talked about a lot but um what advice would you um give them around um the whole um like being able to like speak their voice i know you talked about how you were kind of afraid to post Right, because mm-hmm. you really didn't know what to say, or you didn't know if you what you were going to say is going to come off in a in a disrespectful way, right. right? But then it's like, my truth is my truth. Exactly. If you don't like my truth, you, you can't follow me. <laughs> come on. Right. Um. So I think like standing your ground, and so I'm proud of you for standing your ground and saying, "Hey, listen, okay, yeah, I'm I I gotta process it, but." I'm putting this out there. You know, I put stuff on my page also. I'm, I'm going to put it out there because it's important. You know, it's, it's, it's important to me. It's important to our community. And I'm yeah. not going to shy away from it. 
or be quiet because somebody might say something ignorant or try to check me about it or delete me or it doesn't matter because I'm speaking all facts. <laughs> Ain't nothing I said is a lie. <laughs> Everything I'm saying is facts, you know? Um, so I just want to commend you for that. So I definitely want you to just give some encouraging words to people who may be afraid to kind of speak up and speak out. They want to, but it's just like, I don't want to, mm, I don't want to ruffle no feathers. It's like, we need all the feathers to be ruffled in this season. <laughs> okay. Because it's, it's one thing like, you know, somebody said it before, and I can't remember who said it, but, you know, they was like, it's very fascinating, you know, as a Black community that we just don't, we want change. We don't want revenge. Yeah. You know, because if we wanted revenge, oh. It would have, it would have. Everything would have been Just finding that comfortability within yourself, you know, like you said, two ruffled them feathers. Yeah. And, you know, stand and standing your ground so when you do have you know those ignorant people in your comments you are able to clap back immediately you immediately. know so, okay you're not on your face <laughs> you know you're not screenshotting it and posting it and like saying oh what should i say no you already know what to say exactly you know? and just being a part of even being a part of the black community anyway mm -hmm. is very, you know to us an advantage so, you know, I, and, and also our black community will, we will, we support each other. Mm -hmm. So, you know, always know that you are supported yes. from our black community, whether that is a five-year-old, a 15-year-old, a 25-year-old, whatever, a 92-year-old, like you yes. are supported throughout this entire process. So if there was any time that you ever felt you know, confused, or you don't know what to say, or, you know, you, you acted out on anger. So how are you going to, you know, move on from that? You know, our black community is here to support you. Mm -hmm. We're not leaving you, we're not leaving you out there, you know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that another thing, you know, with us going out, like if we ever um, go out on anger, or we ever say something that we like regret in the end, it's okay. It is. It's okay. It's okay to apologize. It's okay to, you know, know when you're wrong and do a self-reflection. Don't ever feel like you have to, you know, stand up. But you know what? We have, we have a right to be angry. Oh yeah, most definitely. <laughs> you know, like we have a right to be angry, you know, but I think it's okay using that anger in a way that can empower. Right, right. You know what I mean, like you can be angry. I definitely have angry moments. I'm like, mm, you know, but it's like taking that time to kind of process now how I'm going to use this to empower or educate somebody mm -hmm. else on right. how I'm feeling right now. Right, 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 right. You know? so, yeah, just knowing the, I think the most encouraging thing is just to know that you're supported mm -hmm. you know, through, you know, through all ages of the Black community um, and asking, you know, for help or asking for clarification. Um, and, you know, we're, we're, we're going to remain tight. And that's really that on that. <laughs> and the thing is, like, especially with the George Floyd, I feel like that just went like national. And oh, yeah. so, um, so many people are now are just coming together collectively all over the country. Mm -hmm. um, and these are movements that are happening on a consistent basis. Even now, you know, people are still advocating and moving the needle. You right. know? But it's like, everybody is not from runners. That's okay. So figure out, what part you play in this process you know you don't got to be out there with you know with signs 
right? You ain't tear gas. You ain't you ain't gotta do that, you know. But if you but you can share some information on your page. Exactly. You know what I mean? You you, you can't you can't inform. You can't speak out about it and say that it's not right. It's all we want you to, to to let people know that and say that and acknowledge that it's it's not right. right. You know, um, and because silence is consent, most definitely. So when you're silent, you are being a part of the problem. Right. Most definitely. Um, what are some things? <laughs> well, so what are, what are some things that you are working on um, right now? And where can people contact you? Oh yeah. So yeah, what I'm currently working on is the after school program. Yes. <laughs> and that is happening. So it was supposed to actually happen today, but we decided to push it back um, a week because you know parents are still trying to figure out you know all this virtual learning things and it can be overwhelming. So um, we decided to push it back a week for our parents. So if you ever wanted to be a part of the virtual after school program, holla at your girl. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna so, holla at you about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, you can definitely contact me. Um, if you want to go contact my business page um, on Instagram and on Facebook, we are Kids Act MD. That's K-I-D-S. A-C-T-M-D. Um, and we also have a website, kidsactmd.com. If you want to contact me personally, <laughs> Instagram is Tanya underscore Elizabeth. Um, and yeah, and you, I will, I'm always on Instagram. So if you ever DM'd me, I'll be like, oh, I know you immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, man. This was a necessary conversation. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that we was able to shed light on some stuff. Um, again, for the listeners who are listening right now, uh, points to take away. One, educate yourself. That's number one. Number two, silence is, silence, silence is consent. Yeah. Number three, um, talk to your kids about what's going on and make them informed about what's going on in this world because, uh, hey, we need all of the support right now from every culture, every race, black, blue, pink, purple, I don't care what color you is. We need all the support right now for our black communities. Mm -hmm. All right? Peace, peace. <laughs>